All right. Welcome back to the Face Off Spot. This is your host, Adam Larson, and we'd like to thank you for tuning into another episode. We always appreciate it when you guys tune in. And as usual, we are sponsored by Rube's Brews. Please check them out on Facebook and or Instagram. I know that they have some... Uh, Rubes is bottling some beer as we speak. I'm not exactly sure what type of beer it is, but uh, I know he's got something new for us, so please uh, check them out. Um, I'm not allowed to say anymore, I think legally, that any of these are special because uh, Matt Taylor and the higher-ups, they have an issue with that. I'm going to kind of give that jab. uh, I've been doing that the past few weeks, and I kind of like it. Um, But anyway, so I I am really excited about this episode because I think it's very... No, it's special. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to fight the machine. I'm going to go ahead and go punk rock. This is a special episode because I have one of my favorite co-hosts, Corby Entropic. Corby, thank you for being here. Hi, Adam. Thank you for having me. So this is kind of like the first time that I've had you as like a, not a co-host, but like a uh, a co-host for like one of our, uh, what I'd call like solo episodes. Because we, we have a guest here that we've actually talked to before for a little bit. And um, to kind of give like a little bit of background here. Corby and I were at the, um, I guess we'll call it United Heroes uh, League game between right. the uh, Dallas Patriots and the, Fort, or, sorry, Fort Worth Patriots and the Dallas Warriors. Um, we were at that game and we kind of interviewed some guys, you know, before the game. And I kind of tossed out, uh, and I don't want to call it a throwaway question, but in retrospect, it wasn't one of my more hard hitting questions. And I was kind of like, hey, like, you know, so who's going to win the game? And uh, our guest kind of like took that throwaway question and added so much depth to it. And I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about. Oh, I do. But, what, but a- after, after he left, we were like, man, that was like really good. And it's the like, best answer, yeah. yeah, it was like, yeah, we were just like, man, that's just like the best answer. And, um, but uh, anyway, uh, Corby, before we introduce this guest, I do want to just kind of uh, catch up with you real quick. How are you doing? I'm well, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm doing, doing really well. Um, I did see that, uh, that your, uh, your child made it to a stars game. He did. We're going back tomorrow night too. Okay, good. So. Cause, uh, I've been seeing him at the, and I'm sure some of our listeners know that every time Corby comes on, I kind of give a little bit of update about how much closer his uh, son is. Uh, he's what one? He just turned one. Just turned one. So I'm trying to get him closer to playing hockey than being a uh, water polo swimmer, swimmer, but you know, and I understand swimming is important and it, it's, uh, it's something, but that's just like kind of teaching your kid how to survive. You know, it's just, it's a survival instinct, right? Yeah, or a way to get a college scholarship. Well, no, but, <laughs> but I, th- I think that's when you just need to lean into the, the hockey part. But it, it really brightened my day to see him at the game. He was smiling ear to ear, um, but he had a good time, yeah? He did. Uh, we only lasted about two periods, but that's fine. It's preseason. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah, so. well, no, but I'm just, I'm glad that uh, you were able to break away from your uh, pool schedule or his uh, swimming schedule to, yeah, to to get him out there. But uh, anyway, all right, well, hey, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and introduce our guest here. Uh, anyway, uh, we already kind of gave you a brief overview of like uh, what, uh, you know, kind of why we had this guy on. This is somebody also that uh, I've given uh, private lessons to that uh, I just, every once in a while, I think part of uh, the cool part about having a podcast is that you get to, uh, if you find somebody interesting and you want to get to know more about them, you're just like, hey, uh, you want to come podcast? And sometimes they say yes, sometimes they say no. Uh, but anyway, um, I got Tim Kellner to say yes. So uh, I have Tim Kellner here today. Tim, thank you for coming on. Thank you for inviting me. So, Where am I? Uh, so you're actually, uh, you're in purgatory. Uh, I see you looking around. Uh, no, this is actually my apartment. Uh, if you're looking for any uh, decorations of any sort, uh, you'll be looking for a while. I do have some horns. Do have horns on top of the fridge. Um, it was funny. My you know mom was here a couple of weeks ago, and she's like, uh, "You need more decorations." I'm like, "Ah, no, I'm good. I don't need them." But uh, anyway, Tim, thanks for uh, coming on. I do want to say that you are the owner of uh, Kellner Sniper Craft. Yes. Okay. So I do it's a I, training company. A training company. Okay. Um, so and then also that uh, you're a retired uh, U.S. military uh, sniper. Is that the correct term? That is correct. Okay. Cool. All right. So. It's one of those things, like I said, interesting people in this uh, in this hockey community. I know most of the time I have guys that you know are super involved in hockey and have uh, been playing for a long time. But uh, Tim is fairly new to the, the hockey community, but uh, he's also really interesting, and I want to get to know him better. So um, we're going to start the show off a little bit differently than we normally do. We usually start off with you know kind of how you got into hockey, but we will get into that. But I just kind of want to start off with just kind of like um, you're not from Texas originally; you're from New York, correct? Correct. Uh, small town, about an hour south of Buffalo, New York, right on the Pennsylvania border. 
Um, grew up watching the Steelers play football, but grew up watching the Sabres play hockey. Oh, okay. So, All right. You know, back when it was Pierre Turgeon, uh-huh. Alexander Mokielny. Yeah, they were. Pat LaFontaine. Uh-huh. So. Well, yeah, we, we, so I remember uh, Corby and I, one of our first episodes, we were actually talking about how good that team was. Uh, back in the day, they were that. Howard Chuck, like they had so many good players. I I, I used to play them on a NHL '94 all the time. They were always just a really good team to play with on a NHL '94. But are you still currently a Sabres fan? I am. There's some rough times. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, like, there yeah, there but, are certainly uh, rough times. Yeah, I'm still a big fan of Sabres. Okay, well, good. No, because uh, most of the time it's assumed that you know people aren't like just recently Sabres fans. It's more like you've been there and you kind of uh, have certain expectations. Whether or not those are high or low um, is up to uh, that individual fan. But uh, anyway, um, uh, but sh- so you're in that area, um, you know, kind of watching those two teams. Um, at, at what point, uh, like, are you playing sports yet? Um, are you are you doing anything at, at that level? Or what are you into as, as a youth? The school I went to was way out in the sticks. Like, they call them mountains. Once you've been to the Rockies, they're not considered mountains. They're foothills. Yeah. But in New York, you know, the Appalachians are a part of the mountain range. Right. So my local school really didn't have a lot of sports. We had football, wrestling, cross country. Mm-hmm. And that was about it for guys. Track in the spring, and that about rounds it out. Right. So I was a wrestler. I played a little bit of football, not much. I liked wrestling. Yeah. So yeah. if we had hockey, I would have played it, but we just didn't. Yeah, yeah. No, and I do think that it's, uh, you know, because I think uh, a lot of the people that listen to the show are from Texas. And I know that I, because um, I lived in uh, Woodstock, Vermont for uh, a few years before moving here. Um, but I was very surprised about how beautiful uh, New York State was. And we were kind of talking about like those rolling foothills, like they kind of travel into Vermont a little bit. So anytime we would kind of go hiking, you could kind of see like rolling hills for like miles and miles and miles. And there's certain... Uh, certain amount of like peace to that. And I think at some point, I mean, I guess it's not going to happen anytime uh, too soon, but I feel like when I retire, I kind of, I want to end up in a place kind of, kind of like that. Cause I kind of just, I kind of just miss being able to look out into like the void or, you know, just not see anything that's been built by man for miles and miles and miles. Oh, it's relaxing until it snows. Oh yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> yeah, but it was kind of nice, like part of it. Uh, and it, it would take a lot for it to get to this point. But one thing I really enjoyed about living up in Vermont, though, is like sometimes it would just snow so much that everybody's like, nope, everything shut down. You just go and kind of um, but it also caused you or, you know, it made you be more sustainable. So people could live without electricity, you know, for days and days and days. Everybody had, you know, wood already cut. That was a big thing. Um, you know, if you didn't have wood cut, then you're going to be in trouble. You could still cook. You know, a lot of those houses and things were actually heated by you know, wood stoves anyway. So it's like, I really enjoyed, you know, cause everything's a little bit modern these days, but I enjoyed just being able to be self-sustainable. So I always thought that was a lot of fun, but, uh, anyway, so, uh, when you're, uh, when you're wrestling here, um, at a certain point, like, are you getting, are you getting, uh, are you getting better? Are you wrestling in high school? Um, and did you just decide to try and take it, you know, far or at a certain point did you, no, uh, it was a high school sport. I really wasn't that good. Um, I tried, but I worked with my dad, so mm-hmm. I was actually a lumberjack growing up. Oh, okay. When I got done with wrestling practice, I would get home, go out in the woods, and be help cutting down trees, like scaling up a tree with a chainsaw and cutting yeah. the tops off, get down, you know, we'd log out the bottom halves and, you know, chop up the top into firewood. So I just, I'd get done work like midnight, yeah. sleep a little bit go to school, sleep through half my classes, go to wrestling practice, <laughs> yeah. you know, go back to work. So it was just a constant cycle of work. Yeah. I really didn't get that great um, at wrestling. I just, well, I, just the, well, I think it's cause you're too busy being a lumberjack, you know, <laughs> I feel like, you know, when I, when I was playing, uh, I, I, was, I, what, I was yeah. a small guy back then. I was like 112 pounds. Oh really? So I wrestled yeah. eh, 105, 112, 119. Yeah. I just fluctuate between there. Yeah, well, I kind of want to shift over into lumberjacking real quick, if you don't mind, because I don't, you know, I I don't think I've ever met a real lumberjack before. But uh, so, did you say this was something that your your father got you into, or how did, yes. how did you? Okay, so so he was a lumberjack, and yes. he was he was teaching you the trade. So at what point is he like, hey, Tim, get up on this tree, and at what point are you like really starting to really really do it? I'm um, climbing the trees. Yeah, that was right around. 14, 15, but that didn't last long. I am terrified of heights. Oh, well, that was going to be my next question. I'm like, <laughs> I'm I, absolutely terrified of heights. Yeah. Um, well, I was in the military. I was jumping out of planes and repelling from stuff. Yeah. And I was still terrified of heights. Yes. Yeah. Push through it. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, uh, 
Well, yeah, because I was about to say you, you wouldn't find me uh, up on that tree. I, can, yeah, I, can, I was I, not a fan. Yeah, I was not a fan. Well, I can remember, uh, you know, when I was in Vermont working at the rink, the uh, the lights were like really, really high up in the arena. So we always needed, you know, we called it like a, a boom lift or whatever. But it's just like kind of like a little cage or a little cart. You know, it kind of puts you, you know, uh, you know, feet and feet and feet in the air. But uh, that was like the most stressful because I always had to do it a few times a year. And it was always just the most stressful for me. And they say that you just get used to it, but I never got used to it. Yeah. I, I just I think that like everything in my body was just like, Corby, you afraid of heights? No, no, I'm not. No, look at you, tough guy. No, I'm not. I'm, just, <laughs> yeah, I'm not afraid of heights. That's one thing I'm not afraid of. So. Well, yeah, but, a little, um, little claustroph- claustrophobic every once in a while, but not. Yeah, uh, not really. Yeah, it's not, not that bad in the summer because your spikes dig in, but in the winter time when everything's cold, everything hurts, and you're trying to dig in, and like something slips, and you bang your hand off at your elbow, your face. Yeah, you're like no, this is this sucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so at what, at what point do you, uh, cause I'm assuming you graduate high school, uh, do you go to college or do you immediately, uh, go to the I, military uh, or how does that work? I go to the art Institute of Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah, I okay. wanted to be one of those special effects guys for like, you ever see a TV show face off? Yes. Yeah, of I course. Yes. Do that stuff. Wow. Well, oh yeah. 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 Like, so yeah. I wanted to do all that happy stuff, but then I, um, made a few bad life choices. Oh yeah. Haven't we? Oh, and, yeah. uh, had a kid on the way uh-huh. and, um, Needed something called health insurance. Yeah, health insurance. That's really that's really important when you're having a child. Yeah. So, I, I hear um, if not, then they yeah they get my expensive. My cousin just joined the army, so he introduced me to his recruiter, and off I went. So about 19 years old, I'm headed off to the army. Right. So man. So but at, at what point? So you're. I mean, can we say that you're? Uh, how are you feeling going into it? Um, I mean, obviously, you know that you have uh, responsibilities to take care of, but is that all of it, or is this something that you... Um, you would laugh if you saw the difference. Like, I had hair probably down to here. My septum was pierced. I had chains running from... I would have never. Hair. I would have never, ever guessed. I would have um, never guessed, yes. Yeah, there's tattoos in places you would not expect to see tattoos. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a little different. But, uh, yeah. you know, like... I was a little bit wild, so going into that career, especially joining the uh, airborne infantry, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little bit wild. Like yeah, adventure, yeah. do something stupid, right? Probably yeah. get hurt. Yeah, let's try it. Right, right, yeah. So, but at uh, so at what point though do things? Because um, I'm assuming you go, and this will show you how much uh, I know about the military, which isn't a whole lot, but this is part of the reason I have people on is to learn more. Um, but at what point are you starting to kind of like make it up to the ranks where you end up being a sniper? Because I'm assuming that they don't just let uh, you know, Joe Schmo or whoever, like, well, you know, once you graduate basic and AIT, uh, AIT is your training for your job. Mm-hmm. And then you go off to either your unit or you go to a little bit more training. Since I had airborne in my contract, I went straight to airborne school past that. And then I went to my unit, which was the 82nd airborne division at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I spent a little time in a unit there, tried out for the scouts, uh, scout platoon, and then snipers are within the scout platoon. Yeah, you're here. You always hear the Marine Corps talking about their scout snipers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same concept. It's a still a scout platoon with snipers in it. It's just worded a little differently, and the training is a little bit different. Um, the Army compartmentalizes the training a little different than they do. So we just get the slot, we go into the platoon, and then once we're there, we try out for the sniper slot. And I made it. Yeah. What I mean, was there, was there anything that you did previously? Like, did you hunt or, I mean, I did hunt growing up. Yeah. Um, I really wasn't that great with a rifle because in New York, you couldn't hunt with a rifle. So oh, I didn't know that. You had to use shotgun for deer. Oh, I, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That, that makes a mess. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but you could hunt bear with a rifle. Right. So I did learn to use a 308, just, you know, not past 300. Right, because right. That was about my limit. Right. But at a, at a certain point, though, are you like, hey, I, I'm, you know, so, some people are more naturally gifted at certain areas. I was certain... really good with a 22, uh-huh. and I didn't have any bad habits. Okay. So once they got their hands on me, they started showing me the right things to do, and I learned it. And then once I passed school, sniper school, yeah, you know, which wasn't the greatest moment of my life. Um, so... This is not my favorite story. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I went there in October time frame and Halloween time frame. Yeah. Back then, they used to lay you out. Day one, you got a class on ghillie suits. That's those things that make us look like a bush. Yep. Day three, they lay you out. And if you have any flaws, they hit you with fluorescent orange spray paint on those flaws. And you got to fix it by the next day. Uh-huh. Well, the guys before me were all jacked up. Like, their stuff was hot garbage. 
And by the time they got to me, which I'm not going to lie, my stuff was hot garbage too. Cause yeah. you only have at night, like a few hours you should be sleeping. You're working on this thing. So they just doused me in fluorescent orange spray paint all the way across my back. And when I stood up, they're like, Hey, look, it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. So the rest of the time I'm in sniper school, my nickname was pumpkin. Oh, there you pumpkin, like, oh. Yeah. But, 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 but it, uh, did it bring, I don't know. Did, did it bring some camaraderie? Did it, uh, was everybody there, it, got nicknames? Oh, everybody. okay. Okay. So there we go. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but I can't, I can't imagine that pumpkin was the worst one. No, no, it wasn't. Okay. But <laughs> because of that, I like, I engulfed myself in the theory of camouflage uh-huh. and how to camouflage things. And, uh, I had my ghillie suit fixed by the next day and I may have taken some shady routes, like found some other units, wash machine and dryer and some spray paint and some, yeah, some things I shouldn't have done, but you right, know, right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, your clothes itch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to win. Yeah. But, uh, well, the stuff we tie on, that stuff makes you itch real bad. Oh, so yeah. when I stuck it in someone else's washer, whenever they put their clothes in there, that stuff's embedded in their clothes. Oh yeah. Okay. Wow. I, kind I, kind I, of a jerk move, but I was yeah. young. Well, yeah, no, Hey, well, well, you know, they named you pumpkin. Uh, no, but, uh, so th- that's really cool. One of the things I'm kind of interested in, cause when you're talking about, I don't know if you just called it your routes, but when you're doing those, I mean, are you crawling the whole time or is that nope. you do what is necessary for that environment? So if I get dropped off here, and obviously you want a deception plan, you get dropped off where nobody can tell you got dropped off. And then you do, you know, whatever route, whether it be a button hook, fish hook, depending on what it is to, you know, if somebody is watching you, they think you went this way when really you're coming back around this way. Right. And then if it's, you know, thin trees, you move not all the way down to low ground, not all the way in the high ground. You pick an area that you're not silhouetted on, but you're not breaking brush. You start disturbing wildlife. Everybody knows you're there. Right. You know, birds are flying out. Everybody knows you're there. Right. So you got to pick a place that you can move freely but it still covers you enough. And by cover, that means something that will protect you and then conceals you, makes you hidden. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you just got to find a place that you can move through there with enough speed to achieve you getting to where you need to be in the right amount of time. So what were you, so when you said that you were getting really good about camouflage. After they got me orange. (laughs) Yeah. After that, like I was all about learning camouflage theory. And what that really is, is, um, you're not tricking the eye. Yeah. The human eye sees what the human eye sees. You're tricking the mind. So you're creating a pattern that breaks up a pattern in order to deceive the mind, which is weird. I, know. I, I was about to say like, that, awesome. I, oh, I know, I know. I'm so like, I'm like, all right, I'm really imagining. All so of when this, you see but... like these pretty painted guns or these camouflage shirts, yeah. you know, like black multi-cam or multi-cam, they're okay. They're just a base. You're supposed to add stuff to it. Right. Because you need to break up that pattern. Any formal pattern like Cryptech or something like that starts to stand out. Yeah. Like you put it out there in the woods, I'll see Cryptech because it stands out. Right. It's an actual pattern. Right. Oh, man. I never really even thought about yeah, that before. This is- <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really cool. So, so I started taking my gear. I'd hit it with spray paint. Yeah. And then I put water on it and see how dark the parts I didn't hit with spray paint because tan will start to look white when everything else got dark. Right. And and so, and then it, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of this too is like, you know, it's not just color, but it's like the texture of what that color is or color, what the texture, light reflection or yeah, reflectiveness. Right. You don't want reflective materials. So you're trying to dull everything yeah. or you're trying to oh, man, don't stand out. Right. So, but there are times and you kind of hear these stories and this is coming from me that I watch movies and I'm coming from no background whatsoever, but this is part of why I have you on here. Cause I don't know anything. Um, but as far as like the amount of time that you have to spend in like one position, I mean, how, how is that? Is that something that you have to learn to do or is there training involved um, in that? Or that's is part there... of the psychological evaluation they give you before you go, right. You know, can you handle this type of stress? Can you handle the type of this, that, and the other? And it's something they evaluate you in when you go through the trials. So they'll have um, a selection process and, you know, um, there's different memory games. It's called Kim's Games, Keep in Memory. So you'll look at 10 items and like a license plate, and then they'll make you run, do like 10 different exercises. And a half hour later, two hours later, whatever, now you get to write it down. Right. And you better have it correct. So they'll play with you and things like that before you ever go to a course like that. Yeah. When you so when you were going through this process though, like did you see it as like I really want to become the best or what was your what was well, your motivation going through? I wanted to do that since the time I joined. Like I right. you know, 
I've always wanted to achieve. I just, I have a problem not achieving. Right. Yeah. 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 Which is a struggle right now with hockey because <laughs> I keep pushing myself. And yeah. I keep eating ice. <laughs> well, no, but that's part of, and, uh, and Corby, he's, he's been around and, and Corby's actually helped a lot of people get into the game as well. Cause uh, like I said, we, we, you took lessons with me before. And I think that Corby and I have been around the game long enough that we realize that when somebody is brand new out there, it really took them like quite a bit to be like, Hey, I'm going to go out there and skate with, you know, this group of people. So like with, uh, with, you know, with Tim here, like he came out for the Friday noon skate, which is my favorite skater ever, but it's a great skate because it is totally open to that type of player. Like, Hey, we know that you've never, you know, no offense, but it's like, Hey, we can tell you could just started, but like, we can help you. We can tell you some things to do. We'll also allow you once you get the puck to, you know, kind of do some things and and make decisions or whatever. But it's kind of like, um, I've heard it related to the gym before too. Like there's a lot of people that are afraid to go to the gym, but even people that are really in shape when they see somebody that they feel like is just coming into the gym, like they actually want to help that person because they are like, Oh yeah, you like this. Like, this is really cool. You know? Um, so like, hopefully you feel, uh, like not just me, but hopefully the community has been really open to, you know, just you trying something new. It's something that's not easy to do right away. Oh yeah, definitely. Like the first time you ever met me was my second time on ice. Ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure it was obvious. Like I'm climbing over the boards and like trying to oh, yeah, not yeah. fall down. And I'd make it like three steps before I crash out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people were good about not picking my pocket with the puck. Yep. I maybe made it five steps. Well, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But uh, And then they would finally take it away. They're like, okay, that's enough. And then they would go off and do their thing. But they were cool about it. They would let me at least play with the puck for a minute. Right. And then go. Yeah. And um, no, they've been really good. Um I'm on an upper D team, which I have no business being on, but that's all the Patriots have. Yeah. It's the lowest level. So I'm playing on that and learning constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on the Warriors E-League, which is almost the same thing as D-League, honestly. Yeah. They're about the same speed, and that's going well. And I actually joined I-League at Nitex. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to learn position and all this stuff. I understand right wing really well. I'm trying to learn defense. I'm more defensive-minded. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so- you can be a defensive forward. Right. Well, you don't have. To, I mean, that, that's a lost art. Yeah. Oh it, no. It's it, it, it really, what I really do. It definitely. So in it, the defensive zone, I am all over my guy, and uh, I just don't have any shooting ability. I can't puck handle yet, and I definitely. Uh, yeah. I, I can't shoot. Well. Yet. But, yeah, but, yeah but, but, but here's the tip, and, and, Cor- and Corby knows this as well, but the, the tip to being able to play a lot of hockey and possibly even play like kind of above your skill level is just be like, I play defense. Is, you know what I mean? That's what men's league captains love to hear because there's not enough people that actually play the defensive position and enjoy it. it you know, it, it takes a certain special person. Yeah. In yeah. men's league especially. I'm not going to say that for like all well, of hockey, but men's league especially. Well, the puck's got to go to the front of the net, right? Right. So all that crap that happens behind and in the corners, you can let it happen yeah. because they're not going to score from there. So you can take your time, whatever. But as long as you know that that puck has to be funneled to the front in order for them to achieve, then. Yeah. So and you're good. Just, just stop it from that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, you know, and then the other thing too, is um, depending on what position you're in, if you are playing defense, there are times where you have, um, um, I feel like you can learn the game a little bit better starting at defense, if that makes sense. Like you're, you're able to see like everything in front of you. You have extra, you have a few extra seconds too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, if you get the puck, like it's in front of you, like what he just said, mm-hmm. but you have like an extra two seconds to, make that plot pass or whatever play you want to do. I got all about five feet of skating backwards and that's about it. it doesn't <laughs> so that's all I really have, but I can see where the puck's going on defense. Mm-hmm. I can usually cut it off. Obviously upper D they're way faster than I am. So I have to play position a little bit harder yeah. rather than count on speed. Cause they're going to beat me every time. Yeah. But, but that's how, but that's how, but it's, 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 I like D but, but this is, this is also how, you know, you like playing hockey. Cause it's one of those where, you know, you go out, like, like you said, the second time you're ever on skates, I saw you, but then, you know, I, I've talked to you a couple of times since then, but then I talked to you tonight, like, Hey, you play any hockey? You're like, yeah, I'm on three teams. I'm playing this. <laughs> I play that night. It's like, yeah, okay. Like that's like, that's cause that's really what I always want for people when I meet them at the beginning. Subbing and, at the parks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it, it's, and then, and then sometimes like it can just be, um, how those first couple skates go can be dependent off that. If that person continues to, to skate or not. Um, but I always respect people that uh, start a little bit later and are patient enough to like kind of push through it. 
Because it's not, I feel like when we're younger, like when we're kids, we do have more patience and it's not that big of a deal. And then we get to become adults and then we take ourselves too seriously and falling down is a big deal. It's like, no, falling down is like totally okay. Like you have to do it a lot, actually. Yeah. Just don't get frustrated. Right? Yeah. Just don't get frustrated. Like, and we can tell if you're having a good time or a bad time. Right. If it looks like you're having an issue, you know, we can we'll right. always step right. up and help out. But pretty much, I guess what Corby's trying to say is if you ever need anything, Corby and I are here for you. Especially yeah, if, you, if, you, sure. if you ever have any questions about gear or any of that, Corby's the guy. He's the guy, he's the guy to go to. Yeah, I've been learning the hard way about gear. Yeah, well, it's something this that does not fit right. Well, but it's something <laughs> it's something that we take for granted, Corby. Like we don't realize that, like people. Oh, I know. I've been trying to get you to come over my house and get new well, skates. Been so busy. Skate sharpen, <laughs> I've you know? just I've been so and busy. Like, oh no, I've just been, I've just been busy. Um, I, I even tried enticing you with a kid's birthday party. I felt actually theater. really. I, so I didn't. I, I don't. I don't usually feel bad about breaking my promises to you, but I did say I was going to be there for your your kid's birthday, and so I do feel bad because I'm not trying to. It's okay, I'm, he'll remember this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> skate sharpening is the one I found out the worst. I just didn't know. So yeah. like, what cut do you want? I'm like, I don't know. What, what, whatever. Yeah. And I let the rink cut whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. No, no, no. So, so that's when you have a, that, <laughs> yeah. that's what, that's when you, that's when you need somebody like Corby that can, can walk you through the so process. You know what a gunsmith, right? What's that? You know what a gunsmith is obviously, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm like that with skates. Y- yes. Yes. 100%. So Cor- 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 Corby's the guy who'll have any answer for you. Cause I feel like I know a lot about gear and there's not that many people that know more than me, but Corby knows more. So that's, that's, you know, and I have a lot of pride in that stuff, but if I meet somebody that knows more than me, I, uh, am not, uh, I'm humble enough to acknowledge it, but Corby's the guy. So if you ever have any questions, I'm sure we'll exchange phone numbers at the end there, yeah, but, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll get you hooked up with, uh, with anything you might need here, Tim. But, um, anyway, I do want to get into the hockey here in a little bit. I just kind of want to finish up, uh, um, with, with your sniper training here. Um, so you are, um, so at this point you are, do you call it graduating? So you've graduated at this point? Yep. Graduated the course, uh, went back to my unit, um, end up leaving that unit, going to a unit in Korea. Cause the army doesn't ever keep you in one place for very long. They move you around. Very few people stay in one place. Well, what's the purpose of that? Um, complacency is one of the reasons okay. they want you to get different experiences in different places. It's like, Small town politics. If you stay in one place, corruption sets in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah like, yeah, oh, yeah. my friends, you covered for right. each other. Right. They want you to move around, learn different things because different people learn different things in different ways. Right. So you may have learned something completely different over here at this unit. Well, I learned it over here. We meet at this other unit mm-hmm. and we share ideas and all of a sudden we make things better. Right. Yeah. So that's another concept of it. So you're getting rid of corruption that way and you're also bringing ideas together and making things better at the same time. Right. Right. So. Did- yeah. And did, did you enjoy the, the traveling aspect of that? I mean, there, there are certain people that enjoy travel more than others. Yes and no. I got stationed in uh, South Korea right on the DMZ for a year, oh, which wasn't bad. So um, they're, they're just uh, what's uh, uh, sorry, but I, I was kind of interested in this subject for quite a while. But um, I mean, was it really tense at that point when you were there or no? A little bit. Not too bad. OK. We had a few moments, but um just wasn't that bad. We were always ready. Like we could call out three o'clock in the morning and go to a guard post. We're like, come on, man. It's negative 30. Like, yeah, yeah, you, man. Yeah, yeah. I should be sleeping. And this is yeah. sucks. But I mean, for the DMZ, for the people that don't know though, but it's essentially like a, it's a building that is essentially half North Korea and half, half South Korea. Oh, that's, it's the line. That's the actual meeting building, but the whole rest of it is a fence. Actually, it's two fences, one on each side with landmines in the middle. Oh, so you're actually, oh, so you're, okay. So you're out in. Yeah, I was about uh, three miles south of that where I could see the fence and I could see into North Korea, that big flag they had. It was the size of a football field, Kevlar, flapping. They had Propaganda City over there where it's a whole fake city with loudspeakers and fake people in the windows. Yeah, yeah. That they made fun of. uh, What's that movie with uh, the Franco guy? Oh, oh yeah. uh, the, interview. The, the interview. interview. Yeah. Yeah. the interview. Yeah. They made yeah. fun yeah. of that city in the interview. I was like, I know that place. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> is it so is it obvious? Like, is it obvious how fake it is? Or do you just have to kind of like, I mean, the flag is obvious. Well, yeah, but you know about it. Soldier of Fortune magazine, which is kind of a douchey magazine, but uh, they put out a million dollar reward for anybody can get like a one foot by one foot square of it. Yeah. So that was a big deal up there. We had it uh, hung up on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> But I just, I don't know, I, uh, it, North Korea has always really interested me because it's always, it's like unlike any other place, or at least from what I've read uh, in the world, but I just can't, uh, 
Uh, I just can't imagine being so close to it at, at any point. Like, I don't know. I just, I can't see almost not trying to escape that place. Like I just, oh, people I, try escaping all the time. But, and I understand, you know, because if they do, then sometimes their families are negatively. They would impacted. get shot by their own North Korean soldiers or they would die either in the mountains or in the water. Yeah. But, just, but, just, but it's almost just worth it at this point. And then if they get caught, they're having to go back to these camps and, you know, labor camps. And so it's just, I, you know, it's one of those where it's like, how is it, uh, how is it still up and running? How is this sustainable with not, you know, exporting or importing anything like how you know you just you don't think that it continue to go but man that's crazy um so after uh so you're stationed in uh, south korea um at what point do they move you and then where do you uh, you stay to? there for one year okay. you can extend to stay longer but i didn't want to stay there you were done with it yeah done with that. <laughs> you were done with and it. i went back to fort bragg to a different unit within the 82nd uh different people same mission yep. um i did not go back to a sniper section I went back to a normal infantry unit, but once we deployed, we didn't have that many trained snipers. So I ended up doing sniper missions and got attached to, um, I call them the cool kids. Okay. So 82nd got attached some of us to what, um, was, was it task force 21 or joint task force. I don't remember the numbers now. Yeah. Anyway, they were going after the high value targets. So like Saddam and all those guys. You know, it'd be a mix between Green Berets, Navy SEALs, Delta Force, whoever the cool kids were. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other government agencies. And they don't want to do their own dirty work because, you know, it's boring out there. So, hey, give me your scouts and your snipers. And we go out there for three, six, or nine days watching whatever target it is, waiting for the bad guy to show up. Yeah. And then call them on the radio. And then they would show up and do their thing. If all hell broke loose, then we could open fire. Right. So, or... If you know, we had a rules of engagement. So if they were coming in and all of a sudden big machine guns appeared like Dishka or something like that, obviously you're not going to let the helicopter get shot right. and you can take out the gunner on the Dishka or some shit like that. So when, so when you're kind of watching one target for as long as you're having to watch it, are there kind of two of you and are you taking breaks? Cause I can't assume that there's they, always two, two to three. So, 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 so you are able to kind of like take breaks, but I'm assuming that when you're focused on that, you're focused on that. There, you, there can't be daydreaming. I mean, I can sit somewhere and daydream for a few hours. People don't realize eye fatigue. Yeah. You have about one hour you can stare in that scope. Yeah. And you're usually not staring through the rifle. You have a spotting scope that has more power. Right. And you're taking turns on that next to the rifle. What, is, what does it look like after that hour? What happens? You just start to tune things out. You get blurry in the eye a little bit. You just really can't focus on things like you should right so it's hour on hour off uh, the fun part is when your sniper partner is someone you don't like uh, so it's like being stuck on a twin bed with your ex-girlfriend oh man and you're just like yeah <laughs> you know yeah. you just want to flip them off <laughs> yeah and all your bodily functions are in your hide site so think of a little corridor that you're stuck in you know it's only about three foot tall about three foot wide and like I said, about the size of a twin bed. Yeah. And you have to roll over to pee in a bottle. Yeah. You have to roll over and defecate in a bag. Yeah. You're staring them in the face. Yeah. So do, do so so do I hate do, you. Do, do they care? Do they care if you get along with these guys at all, or is that not? you're supposed to? But you know you can't control everything. Right. Um. But you got to think like, hey, I, the 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 success of this mission is is really you know somewhat dependent on whether or not well, that's these guys on us get along. too. Like. Right, yeah. He knew I didn't like him. He didn't know to what extent. Right. It's because he wasn't doing things right. He was kind of lazy. And he ended up getting fired. Right. So right. I had a better guy later on. Right. I was happy about that. Well, so did did, did he... Uh, well, I was going to ask that too. Like, you know, I'm sure you met some people that uh, you really maybe... Uh, do, do you have... Uh, would you call them friends? Like, do you still talk to oh, these yeah. people? Yeah. Yeah. Some of them I do. Can you I talk really, about being close with somebody? Yeah. I really liked lurking for the cool guys because you get done with the mission. Like, you don't want to go back to your unit and eat MREs and maybe some, like, half-cooked. Oh, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you go back to where the Green Berets are staying and they're like, hey, man, you want a steak and a Heineken? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You want to go back to your unit? No, man. No, like, what do you yeah. got for me? Yeah, I'll go back out. Yeah, what's the next thing? <laughs> I'll stare, yeah. I'll I will work every day yeah. if you keep giving me that. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, I, uh, yeah, and obviously I've, I've uh, never been in that position, but uh, I can understand wanting to... Uh, Everybody wants to sit at the cool kids table, you know? Yeah. I mean, why not? They just treat you well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, when you're talking about these different, you know, government agencies and stuff like that, at a certain point, are you looking from where you started with having all these rings and long hair or whatever, and you're like, how did I end up here? Or was it, or did it seem natural? Like, how does that work? I mean, I was just comfortable with it. I, yeah. I don't get starstruck. Yeah. Um, 
not to jump too far ahead, but now that I'm retired, I do a lot of like bodyguard, private security stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm also a private investigator and I have my training company. Right. I just can't sit still. I have to do stuff. Right. Yeah. So like when I'm guarding people that like may own sports teams and stuff like that, they Mm -hmm. have big names. Or if I'm guarding political figures, I just don't get starstruck. Right. It's the same as anybody. Right. I don't. I just don't give a shit. So, so do you feel? Do you feel like you didn't really change that much? You just kind of became more responsible and got a little bit older. Is that kind of the thing? Like, did you? I definitely matured. I just can't tell you how. I just don't know. Right, right. Well, it's <laughs> well, it's something that just kind of like naturally happens, you know. I just uh, enjoyed the job. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, because you're finding something, and I, I hope that we can all say this now. I think that we can. But when you do something that you actually enjoy and are passionate about, it does make your life easier. So if you're doing something, you know, and, yeah. and it's cool, um, you know, because I'm assuming that obviously after, you know, you, you retired, you're like, well, I kind of still want to do, you know, some of this stuff that I've been doing before, you know, because uh, I, I, you know, after I got done playing, I still wanted to be involved in hockey. I just needed to figure out a way how to do that. And it's not that everybody, you know, that, that plays hockey always has kind of a afterlife, if you will, or continues to stick with it. But you know, some of my buddies had to go get desk jobs and, you know, they still like hockey, but they don't get to be around it every day like I can. So I feel like, you know, hey, I, I didn't I didn't make out so bad. I enjoy what I do, which is I think it's it's uh, important, you know. 100 percent. Yeah, I really like the cool. I got blown up in 03. Um, I was dead for three to five minutes. I had eh, about 28, 29 fractures. Uh, missing a kidney. Yeah. Um, that's why I don't skate very well because I don't really have a lot of feeling in this leg. Is it uh, so you, you just don't? Is it like the there's no nerves or the- oh there's nerves but they're operating at about fifty percent. Like they put this needles in the bottom of my leg and they hit me with like a stun gun in the middle of my back yeah. to see what the nerve damage was and it's reduced like the function and everything. So when I was yelling at you during our lesson, bend your knees, bend your knees. You're like, well, I got I'm trying. Blue, I got so blew up when I'm doing those like. <laughs> What do you call them? The fours or whatever? Yeah, yeah, the the bit, yeah, keeping your yeah, and I'm like, one foot, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, flopping over. That's why I'm having problems. Well, um, yeah, because yeah, I had a couple breaks to the pelvis, hip, lower back, and stuff like that. Yeah. So this side just does not function right. Right. Well, I'm gonna give you a pass on that one because uh, you got no, no. I, it's helping. Like I'm out there, I grab the net like you tell me, and I skate around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have been pushing nets. Nice. So yeah, it, helps. it well, really helps. Well, the idea though is that the reason I like to push the net is it like you can't push the net unless you really get on your inside edges, and then it also gets your chest a little bit forward. So it's like you have to bend your knees, you have to get your chest forward. Like you can't you can't cheat the net push. Like you have to almost skate in a. You at least have to bend your knees. Are you walking the lines yet? Oh, like are you talking about Sideways? outside edge yeah. over? I think well, uh, we're talking crossovers? about crossovers. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I'm trying them. It's not working. I can't see. We, we did foot past the other. Foot. We did do that though, Corey. If you walk the the blue, blue I think I got you on the blue line, and I had you kind of do like your outside edge. Yep. And you stepped over it, and then you got your outside edge, and you step over. Yeah, I'm it. just not doing it in turns. I can't quite. Yeah. yeah. Well, just start out with you know that, stepping over. Then, yeah. And then you'll get when you do your circles the next few times. Yeah. If you do it right after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay. gonna be easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, yeah, no, we'll get you there. But as long as you're getting on the ice more, um, do you do you feel like your body is like adapting to it though, or, or is it? I mean, because anything you continue to do, you're going to get better at, and it's going to get a little bit easier. But do you feel like even with that that injury that you're kind of? Because uh, I like to call it muscle memory, but at the end of the day, if there's, I've always you know, maintained a lot of leg strength, so I didn't really get smoked physically from doing the stuff. Like obviously, there's some other parts that, right. like, hey, what is this? Yep. But my legs were fine. Right. It's all the back and like other parts that I haven't used in that way. That's right. like screaming at me. Well, well, and but to, uh, to be honest with you, and Corby, I think you can probably agree with me here. But there's just certain muscles that you use playing hockey that you don't use, even if like you run or like do other. Like there's these. I don't know if you call them stabilizer muscles or whatnot, but there's just smaller muscles that really don't get used very often unless you're you're skating or playing. Right. So, yeah, and it's mainly lower. Well, your core. Well, and it, to be honest with you, it's why a lot of people have trouble learning to skate because those muscles, they, they think that that muscle being sore while they're doing it is like them doing something wrong or like they don't understand. It's like, you know, because if you were to tell somebody like to even do like a wall sit for a minute, they're like, this is hard. It's like, yeah, you have to almost be like this for the entire time you skate. You have to have your knees bent. You know, it has to be uh, you have to be in that position. So it, it, it's so funny. Cause like, I, I feel like as soon as it clicks for people that start skating, 
that like, oh, like I really do have to bend my knees. When I bend my knees, everything gets better and everything gets easier, you know? Yeah, I but it push off. Right, but, it, but it's just, uh, but it's like when, when they try it before they actually bend their knees, everything's so hard. Yeah, it looks like they're running or you're running. Well, you're not going anywhere. People are also top heavy just naturally, you know? So if they're, true, if they're yeah. standing straight up and down, like you're not, you're not balanced the way that you should be in order to do what you need I to do. I definitely need to work on a hockey stop. I keep doing that snow plow thing. Yeah, yeah. But um, people get upset when I run them over. Uh, so. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all just trust. Yeah. yeah. That does. As, soon you, you, as soon as you feel comfortable with it, you'll do it on your own. But yeah. it's like, man, I remember how I had to learn to hockey stop. I'd go to all like the public sessions and I would like, I would literally tee stop, you know, with like the snow plows, what you call it. And then, and I'd get a little bit. Yeah. Well, I've been here. trying it during the game and then I end up like slamming into someone and they're like, Hey man, I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not good at this. Most of the time, most of the time, they, they should have a pretty good idea that uh, that it was unintentional, and it just uh, that that uh, that physical stuff just kind of happens when you know you can't because if you can't really kind of uh, what am I trying to say move laterally or kind of like get out of the way like that's a huge thing. Um, I've been watching in our E League. We do have an E League in Mansfield now, and I've watched a couple times now to where uh, the goalies will come out and they'll like, and this is a legal play, but still dangerous if a guy can't move laterally but they come out and they poke check. And the problem with that is that they are overestimating the skating, no offense, skating capabilities of some of these guys because they're not like going to the side or if they do, like they're going head over heels. Like it's, and I'm like, as a goalie, you should not do that. You know what I mean? Even it's like, because these guys are just going to run into your head. Right. Like you're, they can't stop. No, their knee is going to hit, but it's like, but it's okay not to be able to stop an Ely. Like there's not yeah. a, you know, there's not a, there's not a bar of entry. It's not like. Yeah, uh, but I may have accidentally checked a ref. You checked a ref. <laughs> I think that's a, like, that's like a real crime. I think that's, a, I think that's a like real crime. I don't even think that's a penalty. I think it's like a real, like you gotta go to jail. I think it's like a jail crime. Yeah. I don't like, like that. Yeah. They'll remember you too. Felony. So he did the next game. Yeah, there might uh, might <laughs> might might be somebody looking for you, Tim. I feel like that's like a felony or something. I feel like uh, we'll have to edit this out. I feel like we're not trying to you know get you in any uh, legal legal trouble here. But uh, so I do actually. I kind of want to get into uh, how you. And this is how the the show usually starts. But I kind of want to get into how you actually got interested in playing the sport. Like, did you just see it on TV? Or always wanted to play. You just always wanted to play. Always wanted to play. Grew up listening to Sabers on the. The radio when I was out there splitting firewood or yeah. you know cutting down trees, obviously over a chainsaw I can't hear it. But when I'm actually doing the firewood aspect of it, I'm out there with an axe splitting wood. You know I can listen to the sabers on the radio. Yeah. So that's what I would do. I'd listen to you know uh, Rick Jenneret sitting with a la 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 Fontaine, and mm-hmm. you know I'm out there splitting wood. I'm like, man, I yeah. want to play hockey. Yeah. And it just sounds awesome. And I see the games occasionally on TV. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I. Uh, Loved watching Scott Stevens lay people the fuck out. Oh, yeah. That was, well, no, that was uh, if you I think were everyone did it, unless you're a flyer fan. Unless yeah. your name's Lindros. Yeah. Yeah. No, but there was, uh, it's funny. I was on uh, I was on social media the other day, and uh, social media knows what I'm into because it's always like, oh, hockey clips, hockey clips, hockey clips, hockey clips. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Uh, but there was one, it was like, top 10 Scott Stevens hits. And I'm like, we'll see. Because I, I could think off the top of my head like three or four that were like really good, but I'm like, 10? 10. He has 10, like, good yes. ones. Korea was one of them. Yeah. Um, a couple Lindros, Lane Cow. I think, he had, I think he had Lindros twice, possibly. Yeah, the, the Korea one was really bad. I can't remember some of the other ones, but it was just like, a, it was a solid 10. And each one of them, like, if it happened today. He was uh, always smashing people, though. But he was a smart player. Like, a lot of people think that, like, it. it I mean, he was super strong, don't get me wrong, but it was just that he had a... The IQ and ability to read plays and right. like you know line guys up. Like yeah. if, if he hits those guys different, then yeah. he gets hurt. So, oh yeah, no, for sure. Like smart player. Yeah. Well, yeah, no. And he was scoring. Yeah. People well, forget about that aspect of him. He was yeah. taking slap shots. You know, I, I don't want to go into the whole Mike Weber thing, but mm-hmm. it's comparable to Mike Weber, those slap shots just flying in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the Buffalo did have a lot of uh, I've always been a big uh, Mogilney fan um and uh Pat LaFontaine. Um, but the Sabres have had some good players. I, I like Mike Pekka. Um, I like Jack Eichel, but he, I don't think he'll play for the uh, Sabres again. But yeah. do, you, do you have any thoughts on that? Because I know that's a, a hot uh, topic right now. I know Corby probably does. But they're not allowing him to get the surgery that he wants. Because of an experimental surgery. But I, I'm not, I, I still feel like he should be able to, uh, I don't know. It's a very complicated, sticky situation. I, 
I don't know how that stuff works with lawyers. I try to stay away from anything that has to do with lawyers. Oh yeah, no, same. So I I never saw him as a captain. Yeah. That that's the only thing I had a problem with. He should never have had the C just because it's too much stress for him right out the gate. Hmm. You know, you could just see it on his face. Um soon as he got that big contract and had the C thrown on him, his play went down. It really did. Corby, what's your thoughts? Well, I'm I'm pro player on this one. I think if the player want, doesn't want to get a shot, or, right, or if the player wants, to, this is his career, right. I get it. If it if the team the team paid you the money, and yeah, they think. But if the player is going to assume all responsibility here, and I'm sure, and I know all these teams have insurance policies on these contracts, and yeah. Everything. So uh, I think if the player really wants that that surgery, he should be able to opt out or just opt yeah. in, whatever. But and then anything that happens, you know, for the most part, like. There should there there should be a way for both things to happen. Correct. Like, yeah. I mean, if the Sabers are worried about getting, you know, uh, if he might not ever play again or right. whatever, like they'll be compensated for it. Yeah. But like uh, every day this goes on, I think his trade value goes lower and lower and lower because of the fact that none of these teams, these teams that are gearing up right now, yeah, none of these teams are going to give up assets that can play right now for this player yeah he's not going to be at least playing for three to six months yeah so maybe they should have did this <clears throat> well and wasn't there a thing where uh tarasenko his medical records were i guess made available to like all the teams because of something yeah, like he was able shoulder to, surgery right so he was able to do it so like that was that's kind of one of the things that a lot of nhl teams are sitting around wondering it's like well we don't really know well like he got a new agent eichel got a new agent yeah, so Pat things Brisson. are actually going a lot better now. He, I don't know anything about his old agent, but communications is a lot better with the Sabres now that he has a new agent. Yeah. So I don't know if it was just that guy's a dick and yeah. the communication was bad. I know um, a lot of Sabres fans are just bitter because, you know, we went out and got Taylor Hall and the guy was a slug. Yeah. Because well, he didn't, didn't. want to be there. Yeah. I don't understand that because you're still getting paid to be there for the year. Like at least put up numbers. Yeah. If you like it or not. Well, I think the whole Ralph Kruger thing, he loved Ralph Kruger. He did. And he wanted to play. He loved him in Edmonton. And when he came over, he was like, all right, let's do it. And then shit just didn't go right. Sorry. No, you're good. It it literally didn't go right anywhere. But you could see him not skating hard. Yeah. After about two months in. Yeah. Yeah. He was just like, even if he just skated for selfish reasons, I'd be okay for that. But just go play, man. That's what's wrong. I think with Taylor Hall, in my opinion, is he is a very one dimensional player. He's a fast up the wall winger where you yeah. don't need that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can't, there's no more at Mogilney's. Oh, or we Burns. did last season. We yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. Or you know what I mean though, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like there's no like Pavel Bure anymore. Like, yeah. you know, you got Panarin. He's not, he's not streaking in. He's pulling up. Right. right. I, I, I think Omar Hall is so fast. Yeah. He's just got, yeah. but I think, but I, I do think a lot more players are like, uh, you said pulling up. Like it's a, you know what I mean? It's the smart play now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, defensemen are getting better at gaps and all the defensemen are now are really fast Yeah, and they can keep up with you forwards or backwards. Yeah. So uh, the whole dump and chase, I think is done. Yeah. But, uh, well, okay. I think, I think a lot of it is too, just the athleticism and speed of the defenseman has totally changed that. So now you have fat, like it's not, you're not, you're not going to be able to beat those guys like you used to. Cause I feel like you almost had those, those bigger defensemen, you sacrifice speed, but now, like, if you're sacrificing speed, then those guys just get burnt. Right. Because they stand out way more now. Well, like Blackhawks changed that about 10 years ago with guys like Seabrook and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, but they, well, I don't know. Not a huge Blackhawks fan. I feel like I shouldn't speak on it. Especially, like, right now. <laughs> Although, a, they will be better. I think they they will be better this I'm year. I'm not a Blackhawks fan either, but you can just see the different styles of play. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's it's uh, it's it's changing all the time here. Um, So, I do want to, let's see. I do want to kind of get into what you're doing now with your, I'm going to do this one more time, Keller, Kellner, Kellner Snipercraft. Snipercraft. Okay. I always, um, it, yeah, I always mess up. Okay. Uh, anyway. Once I retired, I got into helping veteran charities, what used to be 22 Kills, now One Tribe Foundation. Mm-hmm. And I started taking veterans to the range um, just to help them out with non-traditional therapy. Like, hey, what's on your mind? Okay, this guy needs help. Let's get him some real therapy. Yeah. And then once that happened, some of those uh, guys started talking to their officer friends. And some cops started coming to me like, hey, man, can you show me some of this stuff? So I started taking them to the range. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, you want to start teaching some classes? So I went out, got an LLC, and 
started actually making a business out of it. Mm -hmm. And so now I have a, a SWAT sniper course, FBI sniper course, aerial platform course. And then I also just teach like long range shooting to civilians for like hunting and stuff. So, you know, you know, daddy taught you to shoot a pie plate at a hundred. Mm -hmm. I'm going to teach you to shoot like, you know, maybe a top yeah. of a beer can at a hundred. So you can actually hit a deer. <laughs> Cor Cor Corby, uh, I think there's some future content coming where you and I go visit uh, Tim here. And we, yeah, uh, so you guys are always welcome. Oh, no, we're going to, yeah, we're going to do that. We're, yeah, I've got, I've got an extra gun for you too. Well, so, so here's the thing. And like, so, Hey, yeah. So since you did the pumpkin story and that was like, you said, not a cool, well, that's story. why I have a scarecrow as my logo with a black pumpkin head. Oh, because so, I had to fix all the orange in. with black. And that's why I went with the whole black face instead of the uh, yeah. orange face pumpkin. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. But uh, I do think that we need to go out there because, and you guys are both going to laugh at me, but, um, and, and I, 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 I am all for uh, uh, guns. I think you should be able to have guns, but I've never shot one. I've never shot a gun. I've never shot. See how the disappointment in his face? That's not disappointing. No, we will fix this. <laughs> like, but like, if I was going to shoot a gun for the first time, I feel like Tim's the guy who should go shoot a gun. You have no bad habits. That's awesome. See, I'll be a blank slate. I'll yep. be a blank slate. And then uh, I'll throw you a lesson. You give me a lesson. I'll there give you a go. lesson. See, this is how and business should now you're going to know how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to be like, do this. I'm like, oh, I'm trying. You can't hit that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I do. I mean, to be, to be honest with you, it is something that uh, that I, I've been wanting to do. So, um, Corby, I think we should both go. We're gonna find a time. We're gonna find it's a time. outstanding. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and then we might we might record some stuff. We might. Uh, no, no, know. you have to record some stuff. Yeah, like I think we definitely should because right. I want to start kind of doing more with the more with the pod. And like, I still want to do the episodes or whatever. But I think it'd be fun to like go visit people and do things, and you know, <laughs> like I think this would be cool because if we can get to meet interesting people that do interesting. Things I've like seen you some do. of these are actual video uploads onto like Facebook, and, and stuff. that's that's what the, so and, and that's what I would like ours to be. I would like to come. Uh, I, I have been talking to some people. I have all these, you know, things and goals I want for the podcast and I don't usually talk about them all the time. Um, but I want to start getting Hockey into guy has goals, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> no goals, uh, aspirations, uh, I have things I'm wanting to do. Um, but no, I, I, I want to bring video into this. Like, I don't think we necessarily need it right away, uh, just for like the normal podcast that we do. Um, but I do want to do some like, uh, like on-site stuff, like I said, like yeah. where we go visit you and and do you know shooting with you, but you know we tape it just you know fun things, just and then fun we can do one on the ice, and then we do one on the ice, and we switch it around. We we'll, there's we'll see how bad you embarrass us out there. Uh, we'll, yeah, uh, and then we'll try we'll and yeah, depending on how nice you are, and then we'll. But I guarantee you it'll be nothing, uh, nothing but love and and camaraderie and and all those things. Wait, but, do one from a helicopter. Oh, oh man, Corby! I never. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you don't have a fear of heights. I'm the one that has a fear of heights. So if we do it from a helicopter, you got to come. You're with strapped me. in. You're yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, and to be honest with you, I trust Tim. I, if he, I, to be honest with you, I. Uh, it's one of those things. If if uh, if I'm gonna do these things, I want to do it with somebody that knows what they're doing. Right. And uh, Tim seems like the guy. So uh, we will definitely uh, meet up and make this happen because I'm already excited and I'm already trying to like plan. <laughs> Uh, things because I also think a lot of people would just want to make fun of me for how I shoot a gun because I guarantee you won't be really good at the, the start. Um, but that's just why we uh, that's why we push through and we have patience and we try and get better at things and that's why uh, you started playing hockey. So that's uh, that's why we that's why we do a little bit of everything here. Um, so we are getting closer to the end here and we always kind of end the show the same way. Um, we have what's called the shout out now. The shout out can be anything. It has to be positive. These are the rules to the shout out. It has to be positive. It can be uh, it can be a thought. Uh, it could be people. You know, it could be your family. Some people, you know, do family shout outs. Uh, it can be a, like a coaching uh, speech. It could be a sound. I always say it could be a sound. Um, but it really just has to be anything vocally that could positively affect anybody that might be listening to the show. Does that make sense? Are those all the rules? Yeah, that's about it. Okay, I think those are all the rules. You want to give examples? Uh, well, no, I mean, uh, so for example, well, I I know, but for so for example, you could be like just one of you know my you know my kids or my family or my grandma or um, you know I I want to say so why did you put what so why now I'm trying to because we had some really good ones at the uh, UHL tournament. Well, no, we we did well. He had why am I telling him? He had the best one like that we've ever had. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, so it's your turn. But but yours, well, but yours. I've, I've done about four or five. No, he's done four or five. I do I do one every single time. Um, but no, yours yours could be uh, anything that uh, a thought. 
I like to go with thoughts, just a positive thought, something that you think about the world that you think is good. Um, just in general, I'm a big fan of freedoms across the board. Yeah. If it makes you happy and doesn't bother someone else, obviously it doesn't infringe on someone else in a bad way. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like shoving him. Corby. Yeah, like shoving Corby. <laughs> you know, if it makes you happy and doesn't hurt someone else, then then do it. Yes. I am so. totally on board with that. That is a, I, that's a good shout out. Corby, what's your shout out? I can't follow that up right now. I know. I see. He has, he, has, he has the good ones. This is the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's doing the Ricky Bobby right now, just so yeah. you guys can envision. Yeah. Answer, what do I do? What do I do with my hands? No, the shout out. The shout out's always a little. Uh, um, do you do you want to wait and do you want to? I've done the shout outs. To the fans. I'll I'll do. Okay, well, just say uh, right. just say a shout out for uh, whichever hockey team you're playing for. You still have to do one. I've never let anybody get away with not. All right, we got that charity go. game coming up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll we'll end it with that, Tim. Me and my buddy, Steve Slezak, we're uh-huh. trying to put together the first ever. Uh, oh, this should, yeah, this yeah, minor. Do, yeah, do this. I mean, hockey game use expo, whether yeah. it's jerseys or it's gonna be awesome. game use sticks or helmets or whatever used by stars, yeah. Blackhawks, whoever. Ooh. We're doing this first uh, first annual show here in April. So yeah. shout out to Steve and uh, our buddy Rob and Matt Taylor for helping out. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, this will be the start of a, an annual yeah. show, but yeah, shout out to everyone helping put that show on. Well, I'm, I'm excited about it, Corby. I'm really Expo, excited. sorry. Expo. Well, it's funny, uh, Matt Taylor, he, he called me and that's how, you know, things are getting serious when Matt calls you, but he called me and he goes, uh, he's like, Hey, uh, Corby's, uh, you know, he's doing this thing. I'll go, yeah, I saw that he's doing the thing. He's like, yeah, you know, like, you want to do something for it? You know, you want to do the pot? And I'm like, yeah, I could be totally down to do it. But, you know, Corby just has to reach out. And, you know, if he just wanted it, then we don't have to do it. But I was thinking, you know, maybe uh, maybe you might want to throw us a little invite. A little, you know, 100%. But let's get closer. It's not until April. No, but we need to start planning now. So he he was the one that brought it to my attention. I I didn't, I didn't wasn't going to bother you yet. He, he, he's already I'm putting... I'm still waiting for you to come over and get some skates. I know, bro. I know. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. Um, but hey, uh, Tim did say uh, they do have a charity game coming up, and I'm assuming he's typing on his phone. I'm assuming I'm he's... trying to find it. It's the Patriots versus uh, one of the... Oh, the Plano... Uh, yeah, yeah, the Plano... Uh, it's at Plano Star Center. I, I think it's the 24th. Uh, October 24th. I believe it's the fire department. I, I looked at it like today. Yeah, now I can't find it. So uh, Just look under uh, Coloche. It'll be on his, right? Yeah. Russ Lusk. Uh, yeah. Um, well, hey, oh, hold on. Let's see. Actually, hey, I'm going to do my shout out and you guys look it up. Okay, and then okay. we'll I don't finish. know how to read. Yeah, well, we're not <laughs> between the three between the three of us. I think we should be able to figure this out. Um, but anyway, uh, so my shout out is going to be for. Um, well, so I know that I am always say that I'm trying to make things positive and this is still positive, um, but I just think thoughts should go out. Um, we are recording this on Wednesday, October 6th. Uh, you know, there was the uh, school shooting today at Mansfield uh, Independent School District, um, which, you know, obviously I'm a resident of Mansfield and um, I'm not really going to go into any like thoughts or anything I have on this. I just kind of wanted to say that um, for anybody that was affected with that, um, I am um, wishing all the best. It was, it was really kind of tense, though, because uh, I knew that there was a good likelihood that I had, you know, some some players on my high school team that probably attended that school, which I did. Um, but they are safe. Um, but it was just really kind of like a stressful day because when you don't really know, um, you just get kind of worried. And then once you find out that they're OK, uh, you breathe a sigh of relief. But anyway, um, it was a stressful day just because I didn't know if my kids were OK, but they are OK. But um, if you were negatively affected by it, um, thoughts are with you and uh, yeah, just a bad deal all around. Um, did you guys figure it out? No, I didn't find it. Still Between the two of you guys. We'll put up a link. It was on link under the, the, I've seen it three or four times a day. Uh, we'll try and put it in the description uh, whenever we do the description for the episode. We will put it on there because um, I didn't mean to get to that because I saw it today and I thought that there was a good chance that uh, we'd be able to bring that up. But uh, anyway, uh, Corby, Tim, you guys good? Yep. Um, good. When are you going to have Michael Carnell on here? Who is that? He plays on the Warriors. He's been a... Uh, Guard at the, he did security at the Stars, uh, we call it American Airlines Center for a long time. Okay. He's a big part of this hockey community. Well, you would know him. He's the one fighting cancer right now. You always see all the memorials, or not memorials, um, benefit stuff for. Well, just if you want to reach out. Uh, well, it's a different one, I think. 
Oh no, this is the uh, so this is the Warriors Barracudas game. So that's the oh, thank you, Zachary. Um, well, no, Tim, just get me in contact with him, and we'll make it happen. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Well, hey, uh, to everybody listening, I'm going to go ahead and do the Matt Taylor list real quick. Um, you can check us out on FaceOffSpotPodcast.com. I'll say that one more time: FaceOffSpotPodcast.com. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify. Um, you can check us out on Instagram. We have a small little Instagram out there. Uh, you can check out Rube's Brews. They're on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I think that's all the things. Um, we are continuing to come out with episodes every Thursday. Um, and we might try and come out with some other content, like me and Corby trying to shoot big guns out at uh, Tim's place. But uh, absolutely, we will find a way and a time to uh, make it happen. But for everybody listening, we do appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll see you next Thursday. All right. Later, guys. Bye.